everyone, and welcome to the OT Ladies. I'm Sarah again. Hi, everyone. This is Dana. How is everybody doing? Today is March 21st, 2020, around uh, 10, 15, 10.30 a.m. in the morning. Mm -hmm. Normally, we don't mention about our date because uh, we don't normally uh, post exactly on the same day that we record. Mm -hmm. However, here we are, March 21st. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm I'm holding in there. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, uh -huh. Just you know, grateful. Waking up another day. Mm -hmm. So today we're going to talk about um, COVID nineteen, and this is part two. Um, we actually talked about this about um, almost a month ago. Mm -hmm. At that point, um, we had a fun conversation about this. Um, I, we want to talk about this again. Um, so this is our part two as um, this is a hot topic and uh, it's rapidly involving uh, people, um, unfortunately, nationwide throughout the world. And um, our resources, uh, please take it with a grain of salt as data for uh, sources like CDC and WHO or WHO are still being pulled together and coming up with the, the latest information. According to world meters, um, we have about 290,664 cases worldwide affected to COVID-19. Um, 11,972 deaths reported and about 93,641 have recovered from COVID-19. And um, this source does not mention how these statistics are affected by those reinfected, actually. So that being said, according to ABC, um, on March 20th in Italy, uh, statistics showed 60% of coronavirus cases and 70% of the death in the country um, so far have been in men, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. um, so, Sarah, what have you found in the news that would affect healthcare workers? Because I know um, you were in a healthcare um, and you work for an inpatient hospital. So, what's going on? Tell us. Well, it's evolving on a daily basis, but I have two articles to share. Of the first one being from March 17th, so a couple days ago now. And this one was by CNBC, and it talked about airborne precautions versus droplet precautions. In our last video, I said that you know we were using surgical masks. This is being treated as a droplet mm -hmm. infection, but we are still finding that data isn't completely all uh, pointing or ruling out airborne precautions. And a couple of different studies, articles, there's people around the world like medical staff that are being affected by COVID even though they were wearing surgical masks. So as, as a background, but now jumping into the article from March 17th, the uh, airborne precautions are still being considered uh, for medical staff members in certain situations and these factors can uh, be influenced by heat and humidity who officials say so if medical workers you know in general wearing surgical masks that's okay but if they do anything evolving aerosols meaning mm -hmm. anything that would make the droplet aerosol meaning airborne then uh, you should be using an N95. So then I was like, okay, well, I have an idea. My hospital's posting guidelines for what aerosol uh, 
procedures might be. So I went to the CDC to get an article uh, mm-hmm. from, and this was from 2018, but aerosol is the same precaution, you know, what makes an aerosol particle. And it said that some of these procedures or uh, acts could consider, could be uh, bronchioscopy, uh, intubation, extubation, and open suctioning of the airways. So mm-hmm. there's other procedures that were listed, but it's interesting that this article doesn't separate like any kind of suctioning, like oral suctioning and trach suctioning, it's all listed as open suctioning of the airways. So speech pathologists, nurses, respiratory therapists, they would do deep suctioning, but OTs and nurse assistants and some other professionals, as well as the ones I already listed previously, uh, would do oral suctioning. So very, very often times I would do oral suctioning for a patient client with aspiration precautions because if I just did brushing teeth with them and now their aspiration precautions I would have to suction that so then that would be considered an aerosol so for my own information I was kind of looking this up Mm -hmm. so then the next article I have is from the day after the 17th so March 18th so now three days ago from today and it talked about kind of more the contact aspect of the precautions and it was a study that showed that coronavirus uh, this COVID-19 can live for hours not only in the air but also on surfaces so the National Institute of Health Center of Disease Control and Prevention UCLA Mm -hmm. and Princeton University conducted this study on how long it can survive and then the surfaces that it studied was copper cardboard Mm -hmm. plastic and stainless steel so these are all things we would run into you know possibly in a hospital setting or in in the world and it was then compared with SARS so the main takeaway from the article for me was that uh, while it can be in aerosols in the air for up to three hours it can be up to four hours on some of these surfaces such as copper and even 24 hours on cardboard it can mm-hmm. also last up to three days on plastic stainless and stainless steel so mm. that that's a lot <laughs> so in terms of you know disinfecting and it's it's even more important to to practice good uh you know hand hygiene and as well as cleaning mm-hmm. all surfaces because this can can live for a long time so that's kind of the recent updates for for anyone interested in in the virus specifics. But to kind of move into, you know, what we're we're dealing with there on the front lines or what you're dealing with at home possibly for our audience. So Dena, what is happening for you right now in in the outpatient yeah. setting and home health because those are your sectors right now? Sure, yeah. So um we go uh, answer that question Sarah. I know we have a um, different kind of in our podcast yeah just want to have uh i have just a quick question Uh, can you just explain it very briefly i know this is just out of our kind of like norms um the airborne versus the uh the droplet Mm -hmm. so um are they the same or they're different Good question. So basically, right now, social distancing is coming into effect. You know, I I went into a store the other day and, you know, with my husband to get, you know, a product of food. And Mm -hmm. we were asking about something and the the clerk said, six feet away, six feet away, social distancing. And that six feet away is for droplet. 
precautions. So meaning someone mm -hmm. sneezes, someone coughs, their bodily fluid is uh, projected via droplet up to six feet. And right. then it goes down to the floor and it's on the floor. But for airborne, the idea is mm -hmm. if a particle is kind of stirred up and is small enough to be able to be suspended in the air, then it could live in the air for a period of time, thus being aerosol or airborne precautions. And the truth is, they're still studying this COVID-19 and they haven't 100% concluded that it's only droplet. So initially it seemed like it's probably droplet, airborne. but when in doubt for these specific procedures, we should be treating it as an airborne. Mm -hmm. Unless you're not doing those specific procedures that I mentioned, then consider it a droplet. So it's it's a very weird gray area and, of course. you know, when in doubt, protect yourself and your staff is the idea yeah. behind that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since it's a very novel virus, so I'm sure they're still doing their research. And then now we don't still, if it's a airborne versus droplets. So um, that being said, going back to your question, Sarah, thanks for answering mm -hmm. that. Also. So, um, as I mentioned, you are working in um, outpatient and about two, three weeks ago, well, we were in really taking this very serious and, um, you know, we were still like doing uh, standard precautions three weeks ago, washing hands. We had like signs um, at the front desk that if you, ha you are sick and you're coughing, uh, please reschedule your visit or uh, we had masks that laid out on the front desk area for people to wear it. Um, 10 weeks, uh, 10 days ago, like about two weeks ago, we had a case that uh, the patient, the client came in and had coughs, dry coughs. Our supervisor mentioned, uh, mentioned offer, offered the patient uh, wearing a mask, the patient refused. So also I heard the same scenario in one of my colleagues outpatient that um, someone, uh, they had clients that they walked into the clinic and they lied. So basically, in order to get their therapy done, they weren't honest and mm -hmm. um, they still went through their therapy. <sighs> and unfortunately, I heard today from my colleague that she is not feeling well. She and her husband both having sore throats. Mm -hmm. And I just wished both of them that, hey, this is just a normal cold. Just boost your immune system and go from there. So we still have these standard precautions, washing hands multiple times. We have hand sanitizers. Of course, we have masks um, at the front desk for people who, you know, if they're sick, just don't come to the clinic, cancel your appointment. Or if you want to still wear a mask and go ahead, here are masks for you to wear. So at this point, we are really taking those standard precautions very seriously, multiple times washing hands, multiple times mm -hmm. um, using hand sanitizers and cleaning our hands. We're not going to touch faces, mm -hmm. um, you know, our faces and just cleaning all the supplies as much as we can, um, uh, you know, just taking it very seriously at this point in our outpatient. We had a few cancellations. Um, we, we can't, unfortunately, our clinic, we, we're very hands-on. Um, we can't really do much of the virtual, um, you know, treatments with our patients uh, because most of our patients, they need to be stretched. They need to be 
uh, you know, their post-op, um, we had a, a lot of, you know, shoulder surgeries, um, tendon transfers. So it's not something that we can completely go to the virtual meetups and do the treatments mm-hmm. with them. So we have cancellations about four or five patients a day. We normally don't have that many cancellations. Mm-hmm. As far as our census for next week on Monday, um, we're still good and steady to go unless we hear something else. Um, so that's how it is in our outpatient. Um, also, I was talking to another colleague in my area, in um, Los Angeles area, and um, she works for the outpatient mainly. Um, and at this point, she mentioned that most of their um, visits are um, through the virtual meetings mm-hmm. with people. Uh-huh. Um, they still get so many people, clients who are very sick. They try to really cancel their appointments, but people sometimes they just want to get their therapy done. And I totally understand mm-hmm. that. You want to get well. You don't want any um, delay to you, you know, your treatments. However, she was telling me that people still come into their therapy. And she mentioned also that not only they're doing OT, um, but they're also helping um, through, a, um, you know, entire hospital with other staff um, screening patients. So mm-hmm. whoever coming yeah. to the hospital, they're taking vital signs, a temperature and all that. So that's mm-hmm. just the recent uh, information about outpatient clinics. Okay. And then what about home health? Have you noticed a decrease in census? Are they regulating? Are people more hesitant to fulfill the home health thing? The frequency, for example? Yeah, so that's a good question, Sarah. Thanks for um, bringing it up. Um, So home health, as of yesterday, I would still getting um, text messages through agencies uh, to accept patients. Mm-hmm. And um, briefly, I had a video call with my other colleague, who she is also a home health um, occupational therapist. She said that she's still doing home health as well. However, uh, for me, um, I put home health on hold just to protect my family. As you know, Sarah, um, also for other people who live with their parents, I mean, just the elderly. Mm-hmm. My parents are um, over 65 mm-hmm. and I'm still living with them to help them, you know, um, and for the sake of their health and just to protecting them, I'm uh, I'm putting or postponing my home health visits, unfortunately. However, if you, um, this is for our um other you know clinicians out there if you think that you can do a good screening with your home health patients and if you are not sick and they're not still sick um i would say the home health is just a very you know the the, the source to just go and see the patients and help them to walk in you know to do their um ideals and their routines and this this hopefully should not be stopped at this point but you want my personal opinion i stop seeing my home health patient mm-hmm. and as, as is of, your right you know that you're yes, not comfortable of, with that and that's you know where you want to limit exposure yeah exactly exactly so that's my opinion and as of thursday i mentioned to a few home health agencies that i have contract with them I'm sorry, I'm not accepting new home health uh, cases at this point. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they understand this. So, Mm -hmm. Sarah, tell us a little bit about what's going on exactly in inpatient, because I know you're more in um, inpatient side than outpatient, right? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm an inpatient. I'm on the front lines, to be honest, of all of this. 
So okay. the first part right now in terms of all hospitals across the country in the United States, I can only speak for us here in the United States, but we're really focusing on lowering our census in the hospital. So anybody that you know is not a priority to be there needs to be home or at a skilled nursing, you know, clear the beds. You know, we need to have open beds for what they feel is coming in April. It seems that a lot of the research that's coming out, a lot of the information that, you know, the CDC and and the the health, uh, the hospitals throughout the country are coming up with is that Mm -hmm. March is just the beginning. April will be the high month of census of COVID-19, which is very disconcerting for people that, you know, think that the, you know, the quarantine is just, it's going to be over in a week or two. In fact, we're preparing for a massive influx. You know, the the governor is trying to secure ventilators and extra uh, protective equipment. I was reading that, you know, Tesla suspended their automobile and working towards you know, mask production, you know, kind of like what happened in, in world wars throughout the history of our country, which is really interesting. You kind of look back and compare, you know, Ford stopped making cars and started making tanks and <laughs> equipment oh, wow. for the war. And it's, it sort of happens like that in times of crisis. So we're getting a version of that in our lifetime today. So that's happening. Uh, the protective equipment, we're, we're very worried nationwide that in April, healthcare providers may run out. So that's why, you know, all these tech companies, these automobile companies that are stepping up and creating this equipment for healthcare providers, we're, we're so appreciative of that uh, fact because we're running out and then we have people across the country buying masks that should not have them. To be honest, you know, if you're sick or you're a healthcare provider, this equipment is for us and yeah. for the sick, not for, you know, the person that's going to wear the mask for a day or two. You know, you should not be wearing your mask more than four hours. And every time you leave a patient's room in the hospital, you should be taking it off and throwing it away. You know, we need to practice better, you know, hygiene standards for that. And unfortunately, the average layperson doesn't necessarily know that. So that's the first thing, you know, when I go into a room of any kind of flu it doesn't matter if it's uh whatever the diagnosis is we have goggles we have a face mask and then we have a face shield Mm -hmm. and then we also have a full gown and gloves and there's a whole routine which for anyone that's that's droplet is is helpful because when you wear a mask only you know and and people I see people out in the community like grocery stores with a mask and I'm thinking to myself well if someone coughs in your face your mouth is okay but what about your eyes you know (laughs) and then I I I almost feel like going up to people be like are you really sick you know you don't need that if not and if you are worried you know you could still get it through your eyes because that's another orifice but I don't, I hold back. And uh, that's kind of what's happening in the hospital. They're converting rooms to negative pressure rooms. They're really getting ready. You know, I'm I'm lucky that I'm at a hospital that has the resources to be ready, I feel. That's we don't know awesome. what's coming, but I really feel for the rural hospitals throughout our country and in our world 
that do not have these resources. You know, what I hear about what's happening in Italy and the percentage of increase of COVID and the staff that's dying and that the other day I was reading a plea from Italy for any nurses to come and help them. You know, they're they're not doing well. Just so hard to hear that, you know, people on the front lines, you know, that, that put their, and the nurses more so than anyone and the nurse assistants to be honest, are the ones that are taking the brunt of this. It's it's hard to see. Um, of course, yeah. This so is a very sad, uh, sad and kind of a hard and tough time. It is history for sure. Oh yeah. And another point and I want to uh, also mention is that our hospital stopped restricting visitors only if you are on your deathbed or have a severe cognitive impairment or a language that like a language translation issue that language services can't meet your need will a guest one person at a time be allowed in your room at in the hospital and other hospitals implemented this weeks before ours and we got a lot of pushback from families and patients regarding this but in my opinion it had to be done and I'm glad that they went forward and they did it because you know we got to keep our hospital staff and our patients that are there safe so that we can prepare to help people look what look what's going on in Italy right now you know they they're, yeah. they're losing their healthcare staff and if you lose your frontline staff you won't be able to help the people that are going to need it so it's an unfortunate reality you know people having babies right now people you know sick and on their deathbed it, it's it's unfortunate it really is it's it part is. of a pandemic it is um, I don't remember throughout my life that I've faced such a stressful situation in history mm-hmm. and um, definitely this is a very tough time for everybody and um, looking at the society all the changes that happening um, let's start saying that yes yeah, schools are off all mm-hmm. the children are home parents are feeling overwhelmed with you know having um, their children at home 24 hours <laughs> all yeah. the entertainments are closed and gyms are closed mm-hmm. there is no outlet or any you know entertainments rather than just sitting home and watching mm-hmm. Netflix and TVs and movies with your family mm-hmm. uh, stores are changing their hours grocery stores are changing their hours you know depend on the the where the store is most grocery companies including Safeway which is more for the up north California ones more for the southern California Albertson Lucky Kroger we don't have Kroger here I guess I have yeah that's here. East Coast uh, <laughs> East Coast, 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 United States uh, people. Stater Brothers, Trader Joe's, they have decreased open hours and added senior hours, which is such a wonderful job Mm -hmm. to let our seniors to have a kind of a peaceful kind of uh, shopping experience rather than just being pushed and, you know, being disrespected, uh, you know, it could happen. And then other stores such as Target and Walmart have also modified their hours and the senior hours are usually the first hour of the stores opening, which is really nice for them and hopefully safe. Mm-hmm. And some of these seniors hours um, also include pregnant women, which is completely making sense. Mm-hmm. Any vulnerable and, uh, populations, not 
not all stores are doing this, but some are trying to just target certain populations that, okay, you need access before everybody else. Yeah, yeah. So um, also there are lots of changes happening. Um, I've, I've had colleagues who are getting married and oh, yeah. they're postponing um, their marriage mm-hmm. um, or lots of changes happening with um, everything. And um, I guess this is just putting in a, you know, it's a stressful situation. Um, people can be very scared. And um, however, I just want to make sure, I would just want to tell people out there or our listeners that this is not going to last, hopefully, for so long. And it will change will happen. Yeah, we're going through tough times. Um, but try to just think of it as some positive things, uh, you know, that is happening. You're spending mm-hmm. like more time with your family, mm-hmm. which is a positive side of it. You can be creative a little bit during these times. Mm-hmm. I've seen people uh, posting, you know, creative, funny videos out there on the social media, which is nice. <laughs> well, you don't have anything else to do. No. You're doing <laughs> practicing the social distancing. So mm-hmm. you come up with ideas at home. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you have to entertain your children somehow at, or just think of some uh, ways to be creative. People who play any sort of instruments, this is just the time for you. Come up with, you know, music out there. Just play something. If you, I play piano, so I was thinking maybe I should just like, you know, uh, create some music sheets for myself and family and just like, you know, something to just kill time. Mm-hmm. And then so, since like, you know, I had like some hours that, it can spend home or the traffic out there this is another positive way to look at uh this current event just the traffic is easy for people who are essentials and then you know um going to work mm-hmm. the traffic is very easy and light. very nice something <laughs> that we didn't have oh. it in the history to just deal with such an easy traffic no but i know i know this is a very sad unfortunate and tough times in history mm-hmm. and however if we're not able to hold it together and being positive about it we're going to weaken our immune system and the only way to deal with this situation besides of you know taking all the precautions and um, social distancing is just being positive Mm-hmm. I know just listening to news and media, it can really take that energy away from you and, you know, make you sad and disappointed. But all you can do is just, I'm not going to say that, ignore the media. Just try to be positive as much as you can for yourself and for your family. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that I guess as an occupational therapist, we can recommend everybody out there to just hold it up together. I know it's hard. <laughs> So, oh, that's such good advice, and I, well, well said, Dana. It's it's rough times, but you know there is some silver lining. You know, have you have you seen uh, Dana? Have you seen some of the videos that are posted right now of like the uh, remote meetings, like uh, individuals are having, and then their kids are like randomly playing in the background. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> because um, like I can relate. I don't have kids, but my husband is in in tech, and he's remote right now. And I'm right. of course going to the hospital, so I'm I'm my commute time is literally a tenth of what it used to be because there's no rush hour traffic. But I can only imagine if we had kids, you know, and he was still working, like they would be like playing in the background. <laughs> it, it's it's really hilarious, you know, what people are doing. It's unfortunate though for the healthcare workers and that are now having to take time off because they don't have childcare. You know, daycare is 
preschools, regular schools are canceled right now. So it is challenging, but there is some funny things. And ironically enough, we were going to film last night. Mm-hmm. But the neighbor's kids, because they're all under quarantine, so they were like hooped up all day long, I'm guessing, with the mom who's home. And then they were just like probably an hour last night. I don't know. They were just like screaming and running around and playing ball. It's like this is the sound of a un- two under three-year-olds that have been cooped up on quarantine for COVID. This is what it sounds mm. like. And I have never heard them more loud. <laughs> Which is, it's hard on the kids, you know, we're talking about how us adults are, you know, maybe under stress, but the kids, you know, they just want to play and they're actually having opportunity to do crafts and to, you know, play inside of the home and have time with their family. So it's, there's a silver lining there, you know, that, that family time is, is being enforced yeah you know for a world that mostly you know most two parents are working that you know now there's one or two people home in terms of parents with them so exactly no um that being uh that that's funny you mentioned about the children in the background (laughs) um i um as um i don't know if i mentioned that or not like my hours are um definitely less than normal that i had through my outpatient or everywhere else Special with home health so I was just like looking for you know the inpatients um, opportunities um, out here in my area so I was talking to someone from human resources um, and that was funny as I was talking to her I could hear her child was screaming and she every time she was uh, the child was screaming she was putting a phone on a mute uh, to not kind of bother me and she was like oh I'm so sorry uh, the kids are here and I could hear the kids were like screaming <laughs> and crying and and, and oh. I, I could I told her you know I told her understand that's fine kids are home so that makes sense yeah and, uh, so you mentioned that and that, that was funny yeah oh so, so loud it, it delayed our recording because there was no way they weren't going to come into the audio I mean I was in the other room like a wall two walls away from them and I could still hear them screaming they're having a great yeah. time and I'm happy for them but exactly. <laughs> it would have been yeah. in the COVID video it would have been a different tone <laughs> Of course, no. Um, I'm sure for those who are working from home and having their children, you know, they're holding them, mm-hmm. maybe the newborns or, you know, kids are screaming. This is totally understandable <laughs> when yeah. people are trying to have their meetings uh, going on. And um, I also found some funny videos, mm-hmm. people trying to entertain themselves. At- <laughs> so they were making um, scenes as seen in Disneyland land in disney world and oh then, and i saw that one was it the yeah, Ca- pirates yeah. of the caribbean one yeah yeah i love that <laughs> yeah it, so know. for our listeners it was basically they they made like this house into <laughs> like the the pirates of the caribbean ride and they had all of this like this dark lighting and then this this like skeleton bones uh, lit up and then they had people like pretending they were the fighting scene where the woman is chasing the husband around with a pot to hit him like just like this whole scene was like enacted and then this this these two people were on this sleigh ride being pulled through the house as if it was a, a ride it was pretty it was pretty funny yeah there's a yeah, lot of yeah. uh, interesting creativity going out there and I think that's that's great I mean the bandwidths for all the the internet right now i'm sure the the servers are overloaded and netflix and amazon and hbo and disney plus like everybody is is watching things and entertaining themselves and yeah it's it's definitely um gives people the opportunity to have some 
time for creativity. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so Sarah, I know we always like have a code at yeah. the end of recording, but before we get there, do you, um, do you want to talk about some of your experiences with your family? Do you know any loved ones that um, they're battling um, this COVID-19 or any friends? Do you want to talk about it, share any experiences at this point? At this point, I don't know any friends or family that have it. You know, the people in the hospital with me were all basically on high alert for ourselves. Um, And we're all kind of worried that we'll be exposed at some point. I live with my husband who isn't immunocompromised. So it's just the two of us. So I'm honestly not as worried at this point. But I definitely am thinking of all the people out there that are affected by it or sick or their loved one is sick or dying. Uh, it's, it's definitely difficult times that we're in. And even though it might not affect us directly, I'm sure by the end of this, we will all have known someone that went through this. What about yeah. you, Denna? No, as the as far as right now, the only thing I've heard is one of my colleagues uh, that she mentioned, uh, she and her husband are sick, but she didn't mention anything about being tested or not. Mm-hmm. Um, again, she's a healthcare professional. She's a physical therapist and also a Pilates instructor. Um, I haven't heard anything else from her. I just wished her a well-being mm-hmm. and uh, mentioned her. This is just hopefully a, just a normal cold and just hanging there. Um, yeah, no, I have not heard. Um, well, I've also, yeah, one more person that I've heard, like, just coming down with um, uh, fevers, that which is uh, just one that I know through my supervisor, or I don't know exactly, but I've heard about that. But I haven't heard anybody else from my loved ones or friends that are po- tested positive. I, I have a lot of friends in healthcare prof- and professionals, but um, hopefully all of them are keeping it together and being strong. Mm-hmm. Um, my only concern, yes, I do have concerns. As again, I mentioned, I do live with seniors. Mm-hmm. And I guess this is just a negative point about being uh, or living with seniors. And um, at times, it's just my concern is um, I'm hoping that that doesn't happen but yeah I do uh, still go to work and come home and um, still around uh, around them so um, I'm I'm just hoping that uh, you know this thing be over soon and um, my parents just stay healthy and uh, nobody's been affected or in the house um, I do have plans if just something hopefully never happens to me or you know if I feel sick I'm gonna just for sure give them the social distancing thing and not going to leave in the house that's my plan B um but yeah so um Sarah do you want to go through our um quote yes okay so our quote is from Mehmet Marat Idian People who always feel great sadness for not living in the extraordinary times of history are now upset that they are obtained the opportunity to experience one of the extraordinary days of history with the coronavirus. When the scary face of truth appears, romantic thoughts disappear. Remember, ordinary days are the best days. And as for me, this is my first real experience of a pandemic in our time and isolation and being part of that on the front lines and I was was talking to my 87 year old grandfather the other day over the phone and he was saying that this is the first time he has experienced this as he did not live through the Spanish influenza of 1918 as parents did but he didn't 
and that this is even for someone who's almost 90, you know, the first time for him. And how this situation, you know, has evolved and is being handled will be a lesson in infectious disease for global pandemic control. And really in terms of viruses, it's bad, but it's not the worst thing out there in terms of pandemics that we could have. So it will give us the opportunity to learn and to be better for future pandemics. So we just got to hang in there, everyone, and uh, be positive, as Dennis said, stay safe, do the best we can to prevent, you know, being infected, have good sleep, and just hang in there. Exactly. Just um, be strong. Um, my wishes, prayers, and positive thoughts for everyone out there that either they're concerned or they're going through tough times financially and um, emotionally. Uh, you know, just stay the, uh, just stay strong. Um, do meditation. Do your exercises. Eat well. Mm-hmm. You know, and this shall be over soon very soon sooner than later hopefully (laughs) yes fingers crossed so positive thoughts and vibes for all of our listeners thank you for joining us today at the ot ladies and take care thank you denna thank you have a blessing wonderful and healthy day we'll talk to you guys very soon all right thank you you. bye everyone Bye. Bye, bye